You're listening to The Expansion Chronicles, a podcast about expansion of startups into the U.S. On this podcast, we talk about the main mistakes that founders make while trying to move from their home turf and build divisions of their companies in the U.S. We try to explain how to avoid these pitfalls and what tools can be helpful in this complicated process. So if you are a founder located outside of America and think of growing your company in the States, this podcast is definitely for you. So let's jump into the episode. And today's a guest speaker, we have Travis Price, e-commerce growth lead at Mercury. And in this episode, we'll talk about Mercury and e-commerce and specifically how does the e-commerce growth in the U.S. work? What does it take for a non-U.S. founder to grow their e-commerce businesses in the U.S.? And what kind of resources can Mercury specifically provide to achieve that growth? So Travis, let's kick it off by you giving us some background on yourself and on Mercury. Yeah, no problem. And thanks for having me, Constantine. Um, we're a, we're a proud partner for space first and foremost, and really happy to yep. be here. Um, yeah, so my background uh, started in, in startups um, and in renewable energy uh, finance. Um, and then uh, myself and a buddy of mine invented a product called Santa's Flask that ended up going viral online. So we quit our jobs and um, created an e-commerce business around that product. We learned... Um, literally everything about starting, running, and selling an e-commerce business. Um, and from there, I, I founded a few other e-commerce stores. Um, and I was really just, uh, I, I guess I caught the e-commerce bug. I was hooked. Um, I went on to work at wish.com uh, on growth um, in, a, uh, in a capacity where we were launching new business units, um, sort of cross-border uh, partnerships. That was really fun. Um, and now I'm currently the e-commerce growth lead at Mercury. I am focused on uh, user acquisition uh, mm-hmm. for Mercury to bring more e-commerce um, sellers uh, to Mercury. Um, and I'm really advocating for Mercury as the primary bank account for, for e-commerce entrepreneurs globally. Um, I myself, um, you know, obviously was an e-commerce entrepreneur uh, and I you know, personally dealt with the pain of, of working with incumbent banks in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually switched my accounts over to Mercury. And once I saw that uh, it saved me time, money, and it was hassle-free, then mm-hmm. I, I actually made the jump to, to work for, for Mercury. So nice. I'm a user myself. Um, but yeah, effectively, I'm focused on uh, growth, you know, partnerships, business development, uh, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of advertising. Lovely, great mix of positions there. And yeah, let's let's talk about your previous uh, experiences with e-commerce yourself. Uh, you have mentioned earlier, before the actual episodes, that you have actually sold uh, three of your e-commerce businesses. Can you tell us a little more about those? So one is the uh, product that went viral. What about the other two? How do you manage to achieve such a high, you know, success rate? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I guess I, first and foremost, like I want to say, and I want to, I want to keep myself honest, and I want to keep other entrepreneurs honest, and that an exit not always necessarily means success, right? Um, you can exit for many different reasons, um, sure. and in my case, I've started three e-commerce businesses. I would say two of them have been successful, and one has not. Um, and so, you know, one I exited for reasons where I thought. I, I can't grow this any further and mm-hmm. I'm not having enough success with this business and someone else should take the reins from here. Um, the other two, I thought that I sold, you know, at the top and, and, uh, and those were considered successes. Um, 
So I just want to kind of caveat the question by, by saying that first. Um, there's a lot of trial and error in, in e-commerce as in, in any startups. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, there's also a lot of bit, a lot of luck involved, right? So um, we got very fortunate that one of our products went viral um, without, uh, you know, any, any paid expense uh, in their mm-hmm. early years. Um, and so uh, I'll, I'll just say that. But yeah, what, any follow-up questions there? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's definitely a follow-up question because you're undersell yourself here so hard, which is just absolutely insane. You have achieved 66% success rate running a business that is still extraordinarily high. So let's let's talk about that. Okay, I'll, let's... yeah. So I'll uh, I'll yeah I'll paint a little brighter light here. So um, I, I've started products and e-commerce businesses that are in the novelty product space. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what I've found is that capitalizing on um, uh, mass market uh, interests and trends um, and, and humor um, just naturally leads to, to sales. Uh, and so in, in the case of you know, Santa's flask, we're talking about Christmas and alcohol, right? These are two, these are two mass market American um, you know, pastimes. Uh, and then you factor in humor and you've got a knockout success. With foot bottle, similar sort of thing. You've got a, uh, you, know, you know, the, the large, um, um, you know, uh, consumer base in the US that, that loves football and also loves alcohol and drinking, right? And combine that with a functional product uh, you've got some success. Um, if you look at tweet mugs, you know, you can find Twitter, um, with, with coffee, right. And so, and mm-hmm. a little bit of humor as well. So, you know, these are very much, um, sort of mass market products that are a little bit funny, um, a little bit useful. Uh, and, uh, and I think that's where I do lend a lot of the success. Uh, however, I would also say that along the way, um, I learned how to to build these businesses and to, and and I made a lot of mistakes along the way and and I think like one of the the big keys to the success was was from those failures and and learnings right and I'll mm-hmm. I'll talk about um a couple of those like you know first and foremost we started selling we tried to start selling our product in um in brick and mortar in the early years okay. and uh you know e-commerce in 2014 was um was you know still kind of a you know what is that you know type right. of industry. Um, and so we started, we tried to sell locally. Maybe we sold like a hundred units, you know, in 2014. And then we said, Hey, we should, we should sell online and we should open up our consumer base to the entire world. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that was really the unlock, um, to allow us to scale, uh, cause we could, we can now have a customer anywhere in the world. Right. And what's beautiful about e-commerce is that you can do, you can run that type of business from your laptop, you know, in, uh, in a hostel and yes, in, uh, in some, some random place in the world. Right. Yeah. So, um, basically I learned, you know, again, kind of capitalizing on bigger markets, right. Like mass markets that, that you can find your niches in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number two is I really heavily leveraged, uh, social media and influencers, um, and, and sort of like meme culture. Right. So, um, again, going back to sort of like the humor component of these products, um, very easy to make content that is, you know, funny and that um, large influencers will will pick up or work with you on um, mm-hmm. to drive to drive uh, traffic to the site. Right. 
large influences is a super fun subject unfortunately in this episode we're not going to touch on it i wanted to but you know what we, we i have other important questions to ask you so let's jump into the next one which is uh, actually your experience with the entrepreneurs outside of your you know besides yourself uh entrepreneurs who run startups who run uh, the e-commerce businesses uh how many of those have you seen actually expand to the united states from other countries yeah great question um Thousands. Uh, I would okay. say that about 60 to 65% of all the entrepreneurs that I talk to uh, are actually located outside of the States and are looking to expand. Gotcha. Understood. And uh, for those thousands of founders, how many of them are actually, or what's, what's the major roadblock for them when they're trying to expand to the US? What's the major roadblock on most of their ways? Yeah. Great question. So I think there's a couple of uh, diff different roadblocks that we can touch on. Um, obviously, number one being banking, right? So if you are selling to U.S. consumers, you need to be able to um, provide payment options on your site that U.S. consumers will use at checkout, which is credit mm -hmm. cards and, and PayPal typically. Right. And in order to do that, you typically want to have a U.S. business bank account so that Stripe and PayPal recognize it as a legitimate U.S. bank account and right. don't um, either, you know, don't uh, offer you their services up front or don't shut you down after the fact if you're using like a money transfer service. Right. So that's one thing is like just the getting your, um, your banking and sort of uh, legal ducks in a row in order to successfully sell the U.S. consumers. And so, um, you know, historically for international e-commerce entrepreneurs they'd have to fly to the united states to set up a right. bank account and um there's just a lot of hurdles to to get set up here um and with with mercury and other solutions like it you know we're we're um removing that friction and and uh, allowing them to do it remotely um <clears throat> i would also say that um <clears throat> the other kind of big buckets uh where entrepreneurs internationally find um hurdles when expanding to the United States is um, the, the tax system, right? So mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of questions about like, you know, well, if I set up a U.S. corporation, like what taxes do I have to pay, et cetera, et cetera. And so what I always recommend is, is speaking with a um, qualified uh, lawyer who understands, uh, qualified accountant, sorry, who understands the tax code in the States and how it applies to e-commerce Uh, and, and international founders. Um, you know, number three, I would say that uh, having your fulfillment, you know, provider in place in the state mm -hmm. is really right. key. You know, ensuring that um, your time to door delivery is as minimal as you can make it. Um, and, you know, if you're sitting, let's say in, in France, um, it, it might be um, a, a you know, an endeavor to figure out, okay, where do I strategically place my products in the United States right. and which service providers do I work with? Um, those are some of the big uh, hurdles. Obviously, um, you know, incorporating a company is a big one too, which is, you know, what First Base does. Yep. Um, and, and you guys do pretty much what Mercury does in terms of like opening um, uh, access, you know, to incorporation for, for these entrepreneurs. And making that really easy. Um, so there's a kind of a lot of like legal and sort of like 
administrative stuff that you have to do to get your business Absolutely. set up for success, right? Yeah. I mean, once once you do that, it's it's not rocket science past that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I might disagree with you on that one. I think that's when the actual rocket science comes in because you just have to work so hard and so much on that. And the first part is just, you know, people like us take care of all the illegal process. Then we pass you on to people like Mercury and then you're, you know, you're pretty much set up and you don't need to worry about that stuff. And you need to actually, or you have time to do the actual rocket science of you know building it in the United States from the ground up. Um, so again, let's tap into your memory and see uh, what kind of experiences have you seen perform the best or what kind of companies have performed the best while explaining from outside of the US to the US. Uh, maybe some like truly outstanding uh, marketing approaches or the story building of the founders of those e-commerces or anything that you just you know think of outstanding e-commerce business in the US. What comes to mind? Yeah. Um... A couple of things come to mind. I think first and foremost is is branding and product. So you want to ensure right. that um, your product is very high quality and that you have private label branding, right? And you're not just selling something generic. And, and if you are, like tweak the product a bit, make it better, and then apply your, your branding to it. Ensure that your site, your marketing, your advertising, everything is the highest quality um, content and brand that you can put out there. Mm -hmm. Um, that is what I've seen, you know, and I, I think you could say that for any business, but, um, especially for international entrepreneurs who are looking to, to break into the States, like, um, you, you almost like, you need to ensure that that site and, and everything about it almost like looks like a U.S. business to be quite honest. Um, and so that, that's what I've seen work well. Um, additionally kind of, you know, unique products, like I mentioned, like that are takes on other products, but that mm -hmm. add, um, you know, more utility in some areas. And then additionally, and this is sort of like getting into the weeds, but products that are um, lightweight typically, right? Because lightweight. Um, so like, for, you know, cause you, you want to reduce shipping costs, oh, um, whether you're shipping from, from Asia or Europe directly to the States or whether you're shipping from your fulfillment center in the States to the end customer, mm -hmm. you always want to make sure that your product and packaging is as lightweight as you can make it. Um, right. That'll cut into your margin. So um, those are typically like the, the types of sellers that I see do the best. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that, you know, like you mentioned, it's, it is a lot of hard work. Uh, it's, I said, it's not rocket science, but it's, it's, um, it, there is a science to yeah. getting all those pieces together and play and creating this machine that kind of, um, you know, runs itself, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. Your goal as a e-commerce business owner is to make sure that your e-commerce business runs itself, as you said. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's very much true. Um, now let's talk about Mercury specifically and what do you guys offer to those e-commerce businesses especially outside of the United States. So what are the tools that are built by Mercury specifically for e-commerce businesses that you think are just like super outstanding that save tons and tons of time and they're useful specifically for e-commerces? Yeah, yeah. Um, first and foremost, I mean, just the banking product, right? Right. So like just, just the fact that you don't have to fly to the States to create yeah. a thing account and the onboarding 
it is in the application process is really smooth and easy. Mm -hmm. right? Right. 10 minutes to fill out our, our online application. You don't have to be a U.S. citizen, which a lot of U.S. banks require. Um, you just, to, you know, you just have to have a U.S. entity, you know, set up with first base. Right. And then um, you can submit the application again, takes about 10 minutes and we'll turn it around, you know, typically in under a week. So I think that first and foremost, sort of the ease of creating the, uh, the U.S. account is, is a big value add. But uh, additionally, why, you know, Mercury is popular with e-commerce entrepreneurs and some of the feature set that we offer um, kind of to per your question is. Uh, a couple of things. So one, we have virtual debit cards that you can create instantaneously and use instantaneously. And um, the, that is a really big unlock because, yeah. you know, if you had the physical cards, you would have to contact the bank, say, hey, I want to create some physical debit cards. Then you have to wait for them to ship it to you. International shipping from U.S. to outside is like two to three weeks typically. So that's, you know, a waste of time, right? Um Additionally, uh, there's typically a cost associated with spinning up those cards with us it's totally mm -hmm. free to create the cards. Um, you can create up to 30 in your account um, and they're great for scaling ad spend, um, you know, with your Instagram ads or TikTok ads um, and, uh, and using and, and being able to use them for various parts of your business to um, easily identify where you're spending a lot and, and where you can cut back. So, so that, that's one key feature that we see a lot of usage. Um, number two is free international wires, right? So okay. um, if you're an international, if you're a, a foreign entrepreneur, um, you're probably sending a lot of wire transfers uh, to your suppliers. And those suppliers are typically located in Asia. Uh, with us, um, you don't pay a fee for sending that international remittance. And you can also do it from your laptop. So interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of brick and mortar banks, you have to go into a bank branch. You have to say, Hey, yeah, here's all the wire details, you know, it takes like 30 minutes. It costs you anywhere from 20 to $40 to do it. It's a total waste of time and money. Um, Mercury allows you to remove that, that cumbersome experience, that hassle, and you can, you can send international wires with a, a few clicks. Right. And you can do that all day. That's very um, interesting, actually. I we just interviewed uh, two companies that do somewhat similar activities as Brex, even though they're not technically speaking bank accounts. They're more like you know focused on cross-border payments specifically, and even those companies do charge for cross-border transfers. How do you manage to do? You keep your fees at literally zero. So if I send money to uh, my uh, uh, I forgot the word producer, producer of the goods that I'm selling in the US. I'm sending the money to someone in, let's say, China. Is it gonna be completely free? Like I will send hundred dollars and they will receive hundred dollars? It's 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 a great question. It depends on two factors. One, it depends on what currency you're sending in. Uh, right. and then second, it depends on the receiving bank and if mm -hmm. they're gonna charge a fee on their end. Um, I've seen it work both ways where yes, that if you send a hundred USD to a bank in China that um, accepts that, that money without a fee, they'll get a hundred exactly. Um, nice. if they're sending, but, but, you know, I've seen it work the other way as well, where they're receiving. Bank yeah, absolutely. Something. Absolutely. Um, the other cool thing that, that we actually just released is, is FX. And so you are able to now, um, exchange USD for other currencies, uh, within, within Mercury. Within Mercury. Absolutely amazing. It's both the banking system and the, uh, basically uh, 
for an exchange market. Lovely. Yeah. That is yeah. great. So that's, mix. so that's really, really helpful, obviously, yeah. for international folks. Um, does yeah, it do it automatically? Just one more follow-up question on the yeah. uh, currency exchange uh, market there. Does it do it automatically? So let's say uh, for PayPal, for example, if I'm saying someone money in uh, Canada is going to automatically convert into Canadian dollars. So like within the transaction, I just put Canadian dollars uh, from USD to Canadian dollars and it's going to automatically convert. Or do you have to do it prior to making a transaction? Yeah, that's a good question. Um it won't automatically convert. I believe that it will pull up the, the currency gotcha. and then give you the option to convert, but it won't do it automatically. But that's Understood. probably probably a feature set coming, right? Product 100%. I'm pretty sure it's going to improve in a matter of months. That's, yeah. uh, that's Mercury. You know, you can guys develop things faster. On yeah. this very, very much optimistic note, uh, let's move on to the very last question of today's episode, which is a call to action. So, Travis, what do you want the listener to do as soon as this episode is over? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, if you're located internationally and you're having trouble with setting up a U.S. business bank account um, and setting up your U.S. operations, Mm-hmm. Head over to mercury.com slash e-commerce, check out what we have to offer, um, submit an application. Um, and, uh, you know, you can also get in touch with me, Travis at mercury.com, if you have any questions or um, if you need help along the process. But, um, you know, we're really here to help the international community and remove the high cost of, of traditionally doing business cross-border. Um, so, again, um, Give, you know, shoot me an email, happy to help and uh, check out our services at mercury.com slash e-commerce. Lovely. I'll be sure to include all that in the description of this episode. So people, if you are in the e-commerce, definitely check it out. That's going to be my call to action. As always, check out the description of this episode. All the links mentioned in this episode are going to be in there. And I'll also follow up with Travis to check in with him to see if there are any tools that he would like to specifically recommend to founders outside of the U.S., to help them with the, the expansion to the US. And on this note, as always, have a great day.